Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. This morning I talked to you about uh, some keys for receiving the most when you come to church so that when you, you, know, when you show up, it's worth your time and, uh, for being here. Just showing up to church uh, has a little bit of benefit. I'm not saying that it doesn't have any. It has a little bit. But God expects us to have great benefit uh, when we come together. We're called together. Like I said this morning, the, uh, we come together, and even though it, we schedule our times of meeting together, we do that because of the sense of the calling together. Uh, that, that uh, uh, you know, whenever you, you're busy in your daily life and, and it's, you know, church night or church day, uh, if you're sensitive to the Spirit, if you've prayed and stayed in fellowship with the Lord, there's an anticipation you know, because, uh, because God is calling us together. Well, that anticipation is heightened and, and strengthened when we make preparation for the service. <clears throat> Amen. Hallelujah. So we talked this morning about the first key uh, to receiving the most from coming to church is preparation. And anything worth doing that's important in life, uh, it's worth doing uh, our best and putting our most into how many of you go to the gym? Well, don't raise your hand. Uh, of those of you, let me, let me rephrase this. Of those of you who go to the gym, how many of you go there to hang out with your friends? You just go and hang out by the uh, 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 treadmill and just talk and you walk over to the, to the uh, weight machines and you just fellowship and talk and, and you do that and you pay your, you know, your uh, monthly dues and, you know, and you uh, go over to the elliptical and you talk to those people and... Uh, Maybe, you know, lift up a dumbbell or something and put it down. Just, well, see you tomorrow and do that day after day. Anybody do that that goes to the gym? I don't think so because there'd be no profit in that. Amen. Showing up, you know, you're in a good, healthy environment and a lot of healthy people around you, but uh, you're not getting the benefit because you're not putting anything into it. Amen. And so you have to put something into services to get something out. And the first thing you put in is preparation. Amen. We talked about uh, how to prepare uh, for, for a church service. And it involves uh, being built up yourself, spiritual, maintaining your own spiritual life. Because, you know, if you don't maintain your own spiritual life, then uh, you're not uh, in a position to receive everything God has for you. And he's trying to bless you. He's trying to communicate to you and he's trying with you and he's trying to, to uh, give direction. But if you are estranged from him to some degree by not being uh, in fellowship through prayer and the word, uh, you know, you're, you're just not going to be able to receive. So that's the first thing in preparing for meeting together is being diligent just in your own spiritual life, your own private devotional life to stay in fellowship with the Lord and then to pray about the services. Amen. Praying about the service, praying for the services. Amen. Praying for the pastor. Amen. And, you know, I talked this morning about, you know, anytime, see, Pastor Angela was going to minister this morning, uh, but, you know, I got in and I knew I was going to get in late last night. Uh, we were pretty sure we were going to come in last night, but she was going to minister this morning. Uh, but her, uh, voice is really, you know, uh, bothering her and she's, you know, has some symptoms. And I said, well, I'll just, you know, I'll minister in the morning. And, uh, but people, uh, you know, kind of had the idea that, that, uh, pastor wouldn't be ministering. And so some people stay out and, and, and listen, I've, I've known th- this is not anything new. Uh, and people will stay out when the pastor's not there. What, what that person has done, they just put up a red flag that said, I didn't pray for the service this week. I didn't pray for the pastor. I didn't pray for the services. I didn't, I didn't do any preparation. They just waved a flag, said, I didn't have anything invested in the service. Because I guarantee you, if somebody had prayed for the service and prayed for whoever was preaching, they'd have been here to see what God was going to do. I mean, there's no way they spent any time in prayer about it and then didn't show up. Amen. 
So it takes, it takes investing uh, in, in preparation, praying for the service, praying for the, for the pastor or whoever's speaking, you know, just praying for the, for the ministries, uh, you know, that uh, are in the classrooms and, and praying for, there's a lot to pray for. You're not, you're not going to, to uh, run out of things to pray for. You're not going to be at a loss. Well, how do I pray for the service? Well, just think about what God's doing and what, what, you know, what's going on in the church. Just pray over those things. Pray that people's needs will be met. Pray that, that people will receive answers. You know, pray for the loss that, that will be here, for backsliders to come back. Uh, make these things an, a, a matter of prayer, and, and you don't have to pray hours about it. You know, there have been times when, for instance, I'd be praying for my wife. Uh, I've, been, I've been out of the country before, you know, on a missions trip. And, I mean, my schedule was tight. From the time your eyes open in the morning, you know, you just got to get with it and go because there's a lot to do, you know. And, and I didn't have a lot of time to pray for my, I knew my wife was here, you know, and she's taking care of the services at home. And, and, and I would just, just pray, just a short prayer, just, you know, bless Angela this morning, strengthen her, strengthen her, give her joy and, and build her up, Father, minister to help her in the service. Just take just a few seconds praying for her. And that counts. Amen. Don't get the idea, well, you know, pastor said, you know, we're going to have good services. I've got to spend an hour a day praying for this. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being, uh, being concerned and being sincere and having an interest. That's what I'm talking about. Interested enough to voice your prayer to God and add faith to it. Amen. And then come expecting, expecting God to do something. Amen. Uh, uh, Expect, it's hard to have expectations for something you, don't, you haven't put any faith into. I said it's hard to have great expectation for something that you haven't put any faith into. And so use your faith when you're praying for the services and believe God. And, and, then, and then when you do that, when, you, when, when you've put faith in it, you, there's an expectation that arises on the inside of you. And that expectation is, is something that God responds to. He responds to those who expect him to respond. Remember the, the uh, 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 cripple man at the gate, you know, of the temple. And it says that he was there uh, begging for alms and he expected to receive something from Peter and John. He got a whole lot more than he bargained for, but he was expecting something. He expected to receive something from them. And oh boy, did he. Amen. Amen. And so expectation is, is very important for uh, 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 bringing what you need to bring into a service. And so expectation, and then the third thing I want to talk about tonight is participation. Participation. Amen. Uh, church, like I said before, church is not a spectator sport. It's not something you just attend. Like, it's not like going to the theater or going to a football game. And, you know, you, you don't have to prepare for a football game. You know, you, you, you trust that the football player is prepared. But you're, you don't prepare. You don't work out. You don't, you know, uh, uh, run, you know, through, through some, you know, some, uh, 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 you know, plays and things, you know. And you, you don't do that because you don't, you're, you're not playing. Well, church is, is, is a participation uh, 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 thing where we come together and all of us have a part in the service. Now, all of us aren't, you know, going to be preaching the word, but everybody has a part to play. Go with me over to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, you know, there aren't very many places in the New Testament that actually describe uh, the New Testament church service. We have places like in Acts chapter 2, uh, where it says that they continued daily in the apostles' teaching and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. So we know that church involved teaching and preaching and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. But as far as any insight, you know, opening a window in, into actually what that was like, what did the New Testament church look like? You know, what, what were the services like? We don't have very many uh, pictures into that. We only have, you know, just one or two, but they're very uh, striking. They're very uh, interesting. In 1 Corinthians, where did I tell you, 14? Huh? Yeah, 1 Corinthians 14. 
in verse number 26, it says, <clears throat> well, let's, let's go back up to verse 23. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? That is tongues without interpretation. This is just people speaking in tongues, just one person after another. But if all prophesy, and we know that tongues plus plus interpretation equals prophecy. Tongues with interpretation is prophecy just in a varied form. And he says, so if if all prophesy and an unbeliever, uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. How is it then, brethren, verse 26 says, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. And uh, and then let's go down to verse number 31. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Same thing would be true concerning tongues and interpretation. Everyone can minister in tongues and, and interpretation. There's a, there's a limit in each service as to how many people, just two or three in a service. But over a period of time, everybody can get involved. Isn't that right? Now, you know, this, I've, I've been pastoring for, for 34 uh, years, almost 35 years. And, uh, or, yeah. And I've, we've never experienced this kind of a church. The, the, the picture here is far more charismatic than anything I've ever seen. Can you agree with that? And, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 very, it's very unlike church in, in anywhere that I know of. The New Testament church was very much uh, a service where everyone was involved. Yeah, it was. He said, when you come together, every one of you has a tongue, an interpretation, a prophecy, a revelation, a teaching. So everybody participated. Uh, and and he, so much so that he had to give some guidelines so that it would be orderly because everyone came to church with something. When you come together, each one of you has a tongue or a prophecy or a teaching. See, back then people came to church with something instead of coming to church to receive something. Amen. It's good to come to church to receive, but it's also come, it's good to come with something to offer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, too often, uh, uh, what the reality is, is most people are satisfied with letting, uh, everyone else or, or, or letting a, a few others, put it that way, a few others be the ones who participate in spiritually and in, in ministering. You know, we all know that Sister Iris, you know, will we'll, uh, minister, you know, in tongues interpretation. David, we know that, that Kendra and, and, you know, and a few others, uh, you know, Steve Morgan and me and Pastor Angela and, and Pastor Greg. But, you know, but they're, uh, everyone is content to let those few do it. And I, and I, I dare say Kendra and, 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 and uh, um, uh, Iris probably would agree with this and others would agree as well. You know, you could probably minister more often. But probably the reason you do it, don't do it is you don't want to be the dog and pony show ever, every week. You know, in other words, you don't want people to think, well, there they go again. Huh? Is there some truth to that? There they go again. You know, we can always count. Well, you know, it, it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't uh, it, there shouldn't be that concern because there would be enough people ministering that, that it wouldn't just be one or two. Amen. And I, and and I'm just saying that, uh, that's what the Bible teaches. This is a picture we have of the new Testament church. So can you agree with me that there, that, that we have something to strive for, that we have something to move into? I'm not saying we have to move into it next week, but, but because it's so radical, I mean, it's a radical thing. Every one of you, are you kidding me? Every one of you came to church and you had a teaching and a prophecy and you, I mean, it was just bubbling up on the inside of you when you came to church and so much we had to regulate it. Yeah, that's a stretch. That, that's, that's, that's radical. But it tells me that we have some place to go. 
And we can't be condemned on the one hand, but we can't be satisfied in, in not uh, even striving for that either, can we? There has to be a balance in that. Amen. We need to stir ourselves up. Go over to, with me to Colossians. Here's another one of those. Like I said, there aren't very many pictures like this. But to Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> Verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Notice there is ministry to one another. Well, one another means one another. That means each one other is involved. Isn't that right? Ministering, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Well, that's one form. Uh, Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and singing, that's one way to minister, and that's an important way to minister. But the point I want you to see is each one and one another, ministering to one another. Now, I know this is a local, local church setting. It would have to be. I said it would have to be the local church setting. It could, he couldn't be talking about ministering in the universal church because you couldn't minister to one another. You don't even see one another. Isn't that right? So knowing this is, the, is, this is the local church, let's back up to verse number 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, 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 so you also must do. See, I know this is talking about the local, this has to be talking about the local church. Because it's, the local church is where we practice the love walk. There are people who attend church and, and they only come, you know, occasionally. They never, are in there, they never allow themselves to be part of the, of, the, of the interwoven fabric of the church. You know what I'm talking about. There are people who, who attend, some people who attend on Sundays, and we see them sometimes, we don't see them. They come when they want to. They don't participate in anything. They don't make themselves a part. Well, you know, they don't run the risk that the rest of us do. Of, of, of having something to get somebody in the church because they don't ever interact with anybody. And there are a lot of people, they just like it that way. They just like to, you know, it's just me and the Lord and, and I know I'm supposed to come to church, so I'm gonna show up, but I don't. Listen, that's not, that's not what God envisioned. He envisioned all of us to be together to the point that we would get on one another's nerves. That's what God intended. Not that we would get on one another's nerves, but we would, that we would be together to that point. See, in other words, we would be at that. We, we would be so interacted with one another that the temptation would be there. That's not from God, but, but, but being close together and related to one and interacting with one another is the will of God. And, and so much so that it even brings us to the point of, of having complaints against one another. Amen. You can't practice the love walk by yourself. You can't. You can't practice a love walk in isolation. Just you and your wife, your family, you know, you just, just kind of, you know, don't get involved with anything. Don't, you know, don't, don't get. Listen, if you're not involved in helping in the church, working in the church, you're not growing. You are not growing. I just, I, without even, without even in pinpointing any individual person, I'm not thinking about anybody. If you're not involved in the church, actually involved, you're not growing in the Lord because you're not putting yourself in a position where you even have to exercise the love walk. Except towards me. <laughs> That's enough for some people. Amen. He said uh, here, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another. That's the local church. Amen. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. It's okay. It's, we're human. It's okay. It's okay if, if there are things that need to be forgiven. It's okay that, that people uh, say things that they ought not say. I'm not, it's not the will of God. But what I'm saying is it's okay because God has provided a remedy for that. And that is forgiveness. And it's good for us to exercise forgiveness. Yeah. 
So the next time there's, you know, you think of somebody or there's someone in the church, you know, that sort of gets on your nerve and just looks like, you know, they just made it their, their goal in life to make you miserable at church. Thank God for that person. Amen. Thank God for them. They're giving you an opportunity to be like God. They're giving you an opportunity to exercise some grace and to grow. You know, you, you, you put uh, uh, anything that like rocks, you know, that are, that are jagged on the edges, you know, and you put them in close proximity and bump them around long enough, particularly add the effect of flowing water. And over time, what do you end up with? Smooth stones. Amen. Well, see, God intends for us to be in part of a local church so all of the rough edges can be knocked off. Amen. And, and, and it takes somebody else to knock some of your rough edges off. Amen. Continually banging up, you know, and just, you know, with, with somebody else that, that you seem to think is contentious, you know. It, it's necessary to help you get to a place where you're smooth. Amen. In, in a church service where you just kind of, you, you, you flow together with people and you're easy to get along with and things just kind of run, uh, uh, run off of you and they don't bother you as much. How did that get that way? You, you, had, to, you had to endure some things and learn to forgive. And that's part of the plan of God. So people who aren't participating, it's not good enough to come to church. Now, I'm not wanting to run people off, you know, that just, you know, if they are coming, just keep on coming. Maybe something will click one day. You know, they're not going to get any help by not coming. Uh, but, but those people who come and don't participate, they're not getting what God has for them. Amen. Participation in, in a church, participating in a service, but also participating in the life of the church is so important. Like I said, you're an important uh, uh, you're, a, you're an important person in any given service. Amen. Uh, you will only get out of a service what you've invested in it, in preparation, in expectation, but also in participation. Amen. You know, participate in uh, in whatever's going on in the service. Don't just sit back and, and, and be satisfied with other people, uh, you know, flowing with the spirit and, and flowing in harmony. And, and it's not so much, you know, I'm not talking about if somebody runs, everybody runs, somebody dump, jumps, everybody jumps, somebody dances, everybody dances. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying getting in the flow of the spirit, you know, yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit and other people might be shouting and rejoicing and, and, and you just might be weeping before the Lord just because, out of love. In other words, let the spirit of God flow through you and the way he wants to. You know, it's not every, it's not, you know, everybody do the same thing. That's, that's not what God's involved in. It's everybody responding to the Holy Spirit instead of pulling back when you see someone uh, you know, respond in a way that you wouldn't want to respond, feeling pressure. And so you put the brakes on, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, I, I, I've known of people who wouldn't come to church on Sunday night because they were afraid of what would happen. They, the church services were just too wild for them. Well, you know, uh, that, that, that ought not be. We shouldn't be concerned about what other people are doing. We should be concerned about responding to the spirit of God in the way that he moves upon us. Amen. Now it's true when the spirit moves in a certain way, there's a flow, more people could get in it. And sometimes I'm exhorting those people because I know there are people out there that spirit of God, because when he's flowing a particular way, there'll be more than one person involved. And so I, I hate to see people sit back and miss out, but by no means do I, do I believe or think everybody should be doing everything at one time. I mean, this place would be a riot around here. If we all started running or we all started dancing, you know. Now, I've been in service where that's happened by the Spirit. Where seemingly, not literally, but seemingly everybody in the house was dancing. I've been in services where there were two or 3,000 people and virtually everybody there dancing in the Holy Ghost. Well, that's a, that's a very powerful move of God. But uh, I've also been in services where someone w- was dancing in the spirit. Nobody else, you know, really, it wasn't, nobody was bothered by it. Nobody was put off by it. Other people just worshiping the Lord. Participate in the service. Amen. Now, go with me over to, uh, <clears throat> go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. 
Verse 16 says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Notice here that it's talking about the body and it says that the the body of Christ, and this would be true of the local church, is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Uh, Now hold your place there and go over to the next epistle. Go over to Philippians chapter 1. Verse 19, Paul, is, he wrote to another church, the church at Philippi. He said, for I know this, for I know that this will turn out. He was in prison when he wrote this for a temporary, you know, short period of time. He was in prison for his faith. He said, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, you don't have to do that, but, but you might want to. In my Bible, I, I, I've scratched through the word thee in front of the word supply, that the word the is not there in the original Greek. The way, it, the way it literally reads is through your prayer and supply of the Spirit. Through your prayer and supply of the Spirit. See, every one of us has a supply. Amen. Now, I, I appreciate Pastor Nancy Dufresne uh, for her teaching on this. But this isn't the gospel according to Nancy Dufresne. This verse of scripture tells us that we all have a supply of the spirit, does it not? Doesn't Philippians, I mean Ephesians chapter 4 say uh, uh, being knit together by what every joint supplies, does it not say that? So this isn't Pastor Nancy Dufresne and this isn't Pastor Anderson, this is the word of God. It tells us that we all have a supply. Everyone has a supply. Every one of us, God has deposited something in you, in, in your spirit, that is, is something that supposed, you're supposed to bring. Amen. You're supposed to bring something to the local church. You're supposed to bring a spiritual supply. You're supposed to, to, to uh, enhance and help what God is doing. Or to say it differently, what God wants to do in the local church takes all of us um, offering up and, and, re- and responding in the way the Holy Spirit has graced us and, and bringing what he's put in us to the church. It's, it's all important for God. Uh, it's all necessary for God to accomplish what he wants to do. Can you see that? So it's, it's all of us participating and uh, participating in... Uh, you know, just in the life of the church. I think, I hadn't intended to do this, but it just occurs to me, I think I'm, I might minister on this a little bit more and go in a little bit more detail on Sunday morning because there are other people that need to hear this. Uh, you know, kind of getting back to this idea, not picking on people, but this is, this is it's important to, to understand this. People who pick and choose their church service based on what they think they want, what, what appeals to them. Uh, they're, they're not helping the church. I, I remember, you know, when, when we would have youth services and there were certain people, I, I mean, I'm not a betting man, but I could, if there was somebody willing to take a bet and I was willing to offer one, I could have scored really big financially. I knew there were certain people in particular, all I got to do is announce a youth service, they're out of here. They're not showing up. They're not showing up for a youth service. Well, you know, a, a, a youth service, you know, you've got young people ministering. They're not, they're not uh, 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 you know, skilled in, in presentation. They're not uh, experienced, you know, in ministering. Uh, but it's important yes, it is. to give children and youth an opportunity, you know, to have a part in the service. And, uh, and, and, and it might not be as... Uh, Maybe as edifying or, at, you know, you might not receive as much revelation and, and uh, you know, from the spirit being in a, in a youth service and stuff. But it's youth ministry is important. Youth are important. And yes, they can bless you. 
But even if you don't feel like you got anything out of it, your being there is a support to them. And so there are people, like I said, I could, I mean, I knew who they were. I could call their names and we have use of them. They won't be here. They just won't be here. Well, what they're actually saying is I don't, I'm, I'm youth ministry is not valuable. Now they would not admit that if you ask, oh yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I think youth ministry is very important. Oh no, you don't because you're not willing to, to endure something that you don't think is rewarding to you. You're not willing to do that because you're so selfish, selfish, you're selfish, self-seeking. Uh, there are, there, there are people who, uh, pastor Greg, whenever I first started, uh, giving pastor Greg more opportunity to, to minister. Well, let me back up a little bit. Uh, brother Ike cool. When, whenever we first, uh, when I, uh, was on staff and I first started letting him preach, I mean, he couldn't preach. He, he, I mean, sometimes we would sit, it was Cindy's fault. Okay. It wasn't our, the rest of our fault. It was Cindy's fault. She would laugh at him at some of the things he would do. And, uh, and one time, one time he did something and she started laughing at something he did and said, it got everybody else to laughing. And I thought it was the Holy ghost. He thought it was the spirit of God moving in laughter. So he started entering in. He starts like, well, that was even funnier because he didn't even know why. He didn't know we were laughing at him. He thinks it's the Holy Ghost. So he starts laughing, you know, and entering in. It was a hoot. I mean, you had to have been here. And, and, and he, couldn't, he couldn't preach. But look at him today. Look at him today. He, he's he's a, a, a Rama director over Canada. He preaches to, to foreign students, probes of a mission field, you know, of course has a church. Look at what God's done. What if we hadn't endured that? What if we hadn't given him that grace? Isn't that right? We had to, that's part of my job as a pastor to, to, to allow people to, to grow and for their gifts and, and, and graces to develop. Pastor Greg would, would tell me, you know, when those early times, whenever he would start preaching, he'd say, well, I, you know, so-and-so wasn't at church tonight. He said, they're never there when I preach. He recognized that. He said, they don't ever show up. Soon as, Pastor, as soon as you announce I'm going I'm to be ministering, he said, they're not coming. I, and, I, and it was true. They didn't. What a shame. I, I mean, on, on, on one level, how insulting and uncaring, but what a shame. What they're saying is, I'm not interested in, in anything but what I want and what I think will bless me. That's not participating in the church. That's selfishness. When, when, when I uh, forced Pastor Angela into ministering on Wednesday nights, you know, all of these years, she's only ministered just occasionally. And, uh, and so I kind of forced her out. And, 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 you know, someone said, well, Pastor, you know, I, I sure, I want to hear from you more. I mean, I, 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 I appreciate Pastor, uh, Pastor Angela and I appreciate Pastor Greg, but I, I need to hear more from you. I said, yeah, but my job is not to just uh, minister all the time. My job is to develop other people. Hasn't it been wonderful what God has brought through Angela on Wednesday nights? It been, she has ministered some phenomenal things. Pastor Greg has, has ministered some phenomenal things. Well, what if, what if, what if we, didn't, we, didn't, we weren't willing to have things, you know, a little less developed maybe than, than we were used to just because, you know, we, well, we just wanted to get blessed real good tonight. Well, uh, what am I talking? I'm talking about being a willing participator in the church. Participate by showing up. <laughs> no matter what. In other words, being involved in a local church is more than pick and choose. It's more than, than an individual saying, well, I'm going to go to church today and I'm going to receive from God or I'm going to do my religious duty. I, it, that's not what church is about. 
church is about a family. It's, it's about a body that is knit together for a vision that God has given. And our, envis- our vision involves youth ministry, children's ministry. It involves raising people up to minister. Uh, it, it involves everything that's going on. And some things might not be your cup of tea. But you see, it, it, it might, that might not be your cup of tea, but the picture is. The whole picture is, don't get hung up on the cup of tea and forget about the whole picture of tea. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and so I, you know, I, I look at people and, and I just think, you know, what's it going to be like when they stand before the Lord? And, and the Lord, you know, the, you know, in the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to be judged for the things done here in this life. And, and, and what we've done and how we've, how we've conducted ourselves. And, and those things are going to come up if those things aren't forgiven. If they, don't, if they don't rectify those things and repent and turn from it, those things will be there when they get to heaven. And they're going to see how much not only they missed, but how much they hindered. How much they hindered. And they're going to lose reward over that. It's, it, I tell you, participation in churches is more than just showing up. Amen. You know, regardless of how you feel, regardless of how you feel, well, I just don't feel like it tonight. There are, there are people here that uh, tonight, that, well, there, there, there are people missing tonight who were here this morning, and, and I'm not talking about uh, habitual uh, people that, you know, only come on Sunday morning, but there, there are others that they come on Sunday night, some, or they chose not to come tonight. Well, you know, they didn't feel like it. Well, guess what? I didn't either. That comes as a shock to you. It shouldn't. I don't always feel like coming to church. Uh, if if I went by my feelings, you got. I just we just have to put up some kind of a of a, a website, you know. And you know, does the pastor feel like church in the morning? You know, check check at nine o'clock in the morning to see if we're going to have church. No, I, I you know you say well you're the pastor you have to do it. Well, that's true, but you're a church member and you have to do it. Yeah, you have to do it. Well, don't tell me I have to do it. Yeah, you have to. And I would see, I would be in disobedience if I didn't do it. I I would be in trouble with the Lord. I mean, I, I would be out of the will of God and there would be consequences in my life if I didn't obey. Well, guess what? You're required to be a part of the local body. And there are consequences. And, and the Lord's not pleased when people don't show up because they don't feel like, oh, they just didn't feel like. Well, you know, you didn't feel good. You, you probably won't feel like it in the morning going to work, but you're going to go. Yeah. Why? You, because you, there's material benefit from going and not going is going to cost you. That's why you go to work when you don't feel like it is because it's going to cost you financially if you don't. Isn't that right? It's, it's why you put up with people on the job that you don't like and that mistreat you and don't love you and esteem you for all of your wonderful talents. Uh, you know, you put up with that. You put up with that because there's financial uh, uh, cost involved if you don't do it. Some people have a, a boss over them that's overbearing, doesn't appreciate them, hard to get along with, makes life miserable. And yet you stay on that job year after miserable year after miserable year. Why? Because you get paid good. But let somebody, let's let a, let a, a, a department director correct you about a, a church policy that you know about and that you agreed to follow and you choose not to follow. And the direct department director has to remind you, you know, you're not meeting the guideline and you need to shape up and start doing what you promised to do. Now you're going to get offended, and not come to church anymore. Why? Because you don't think it's going to cost you. You know, if you get mad at your boss, it's going to cost you, but you don't think it's going to cost you if you don't, uh, if, if you just uh, act ornery concerning church, you can just act any way you want to because you don't think it's going to cost you. Oh yeah, it will. Payday's coming. An accounting day's coming. Oh, pastor, you're putting me under law. No, this isn't, this isn't the law. This is New Testament. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ is not in the book of, uh, of, 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 uh, uh, Leviticus. It's not in Leviticus. 
It's in Romans. Last time I checked, that was New Testament. That's New Covenant. That's under great. That's the great grace book. Isn't that right? For we must shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of ourselves. And it's also in first Corinthians, first or second Corinthians. So uh, that's, that's not law. That's New Testament. Amen. So what am I saying? Participate because, because it's required. God requires it. Amen. God requires uh, us to, to have the right attitude. Amen. I said, amen. Amen. You know, just amening is good. I mean, if you'll say amen often enough and loud enough, nobody will know I'm preaching to you. Nobody will know you're the guilty person. Amen. That's right, brother. You keep preaching it. So everybody will think you've got it covered. <laughs> Hallelujah. The, the fourth thing is, is it, we've talked about uh, uh, preparation, expectation, participation, transformation. Transformation. What, what, what did we talk about last week? In this move of God, change is required. Change is required. See, there, there ought to be some change in what we do after coming to church on Sunday morning. Short, it ought to adjust something. And if, it, and if no adjustment was made, if no adjustment was made, uh, you probably weren't receiving. You probably weren't participating. See, if you're going to participate and yield to the Spirit, that involves then allowing Him to transform your life, to make change in your life. Amen. Uh, some of the things that... that involve change that we've been talking about. Go over to Colossians. Go over to Colossians where we've been uh, looking the last few weeks. Colossians chapter 4. Verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. We've talked about the fact, and we won't turn over there, but Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And, and no one lights a lamp and hides it. But he puts a light, you light a lamp to lighten a room. You don't light a lamp and stick it under the, you know, the sink, you know, in a, in a, in a cabinet. There's, it doesn't need any light down there. You take it out in the room. Well, we are the light of the world. And see, in, 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 for, in, in order for our church to grow, God has a part, but we have a part. It's not all God, and it's not all us. We can never get to the idea that we can make it happen. It's going to take God making it happen. But on the other hand, we can't get the idea that God's going to make it happen apart from us. What does it say? Paul planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. And he said, we are laborers together with God. Isn't that right? So it's not just God that gets, everything depends upon God. But everything also depends upon us. God, God gives the increase after we plant and we water. So if this church is going to grow, we're going to have to be, we're going to have to invite people. Boy, now I did just got almost silent. I heard two and amens. Maybe three. Do I hear three? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to be more evangelistic in our personal, in our everyday lives. We're going to have to think about the lost more than we do. Yeah. And, and that, that's what the spirits say. This year is going to be a different year, but it's going to be a different year because we're going to do differently. Well, now again, we had about a third of the crowd. Agreeing that we're going to do differently. Yeah, we know, brother. We got you covered. <laughs> Just kidding you. <laughs> See, he thinks he, we wouldn't know it was him. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know not to pick on somebody that big. <laughs> Hallelujah. Huh? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. That's, that's a good cover, brother. I appreciate that. I'm having fun. I don't know if you are. 
I know it. I, I'm just, everybody knows I'm playing with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Dan's sitting there real smug. I'm not getting involved in this. I am not, I'm not opening my mouth. I'm, you know, <laughs> no, no win situation. <laughs> no, but it, there's going to be re- some change required. That in, in order to get the most out of church, you have to be willing to, to accept some, the fact that there's room for improvement. There's room for improvement. God is calling for improvement and he's giving us instruction and grace to improve. He's not standing here pointing us the way. He's, he's leading the way. Amen. So, and so for this year to be different, we have to do differently. And I'm talking about, about how we relate to the world, how we relate to people around us. We have to be thinking more. We have to be on top of more. Do whatever you have to do. Tie a string around your finger. Whatever you have to do to remind yourself that I, I have to. It's easy to, to come to a service and agree and then go back because patterns of conduct are set. Habits are deeply entrenched in our lives. And, and it's very easy to come to a church and say, yeah, you know, that's, that's so true. I need to do that. And it, it, you don't even think about it again until next Sunday and you hear it again. And you go, oh, yeah, I remember I was supposed to do that. Uh, you know, we, change has to, has to happen. And so what am I talking about? Allow yourself to be transformed by what you hear. Yeah, that's good. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. There's so much the Lord wants to do. Uh, you know, our church offers so much. And, and, and I'm not speaking pridefully because it's, 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 it's not anything uh, that God has just given us. It's in the Bible. But we have so much truth that people, that, that the average Christian, most Christians don't know a fraction of what belongs to them in Christ and what God's made available and, and the power and, the, and, and the, the inheritance and the grace. We know these things. And you are equipped. I, 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 there's a, there's a, a, a man that I follow on, on Facebook, and he's a, a minister and a theologian. He writes a column called Ask Dr. Brown. And uh, he, he posted a response to an atheist. And I want to say this atheist name's name is Fry or Frey, Stephen Frey or Stephen. I, I didn't, I didn't know who he was, but he's, he's uh, evidently uh, a well-known outspoken atheist. So I'm not, I'm not calling him out because he's, he's proud of that and whoever he is. And I don't know what this, this atheist wrote an article and one of the statements, and I don't know if this was the, the lead statement, the title, or just something that, that Dr. Brown picked out of it, but he, he made this statement. He said, you can't believe in God just because the world is beautiful. You have to take into account bone cancer in children too. Now, that was this atheist statement. He was saying that, that basically, uh, yes, the sunrise is beautiful, but there are a lot of bad things that happen. And so to say that God, there's a God and he loves all of us and look all of the wonderful world he's, he's made. Well, what about the children dying of cancer? He's saying that that, that uh, is a rebuttal and, and that refutes the notion of a loving God. And for a nationally known atheist to say something like that, that's a pretty good indication that he thinks that's a good argument. He thinks he got us. He thinks, that a, he thinks that's a gotcha. You know what a gotcha you know, question is? He thinks that's a gotcha. He didn't got us. He said, he hasn't got us. That didn't, there, virtually anybody in this room can answer that question. What about bone cancer in children? Well, we don't only believe in God. The Bible talks about God. He also talks about Satan. And he also talks about the fact that the world is fallen. Because of, so I mean, you know, the, 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 you could just go on and on and on and on and answer this atheist who thinks he's, he's, he's got the Christians back against the wall. Now they can't explain that. Anybody in this room can explain that. So my point is that because of our understanding of the authority of the believer and of redemption, of the fall of man and redemption of man, that those truths are, are, are so, 
uh, developed in the scripture. There's so much information there that we've been exposed to. You, everyone, almost every one of you could answer virtually any question that someone would raise. So don't be afraid that if you step out there, you know, and, and, and offer, you know, to witness to somebody that they're going to come up with some kind of question that's going to make you look stupid. No, you got it. You got the answer. Just remember, let every word be with grace. Seasoned with salt. In other words, answer people respectfully, respectfully and courteously. But know that we are called to give a, to give a response. We are called to give a logical defense, not defensiveness, def- defensiveness, but we're called to give a logical defense, a logical explanation, a thoughtful explanation, and you're equipped to do that. So let's, let's be willing to be transformed when we come to church. When I teach about these things, say, well, you know, Pastor talked about that three weeks ago. He talked about it last week. He's talking about it again tonight, and I've yet to do it. Well, that, that, that should be a signal to you that you've got to do something. You've got to put the string on your finger. You've got to, you know, put a piece of tape on your forehead so you'll see it in the morning when you wake up. I mean, you've got to do something. You've got to do something to break the bad habits or else... It'll be next Sunday and, 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 and things will be the same. It, God, wants, God wants us to have a different year. He wants us to, he, he, he has some things in store for us. They were in store in 2010, okay? They're nothing new to 2015. I heard this guy on the radio the other, uh, not too long ago. I don't know how long ago it's been. It's been a few months. And uh, no, it was on TV. And he was saying that, uh, did I tell you about this, about the portal? Did I tell you about the portal? He was wanting people to give into his TV ministry. And he's, he's a real fiery preacher. You know, if I said his name, everybody would know who he is. And he was talking about, he had a prophetic word for everybody. He had a prophetic word. I've got a prophetic word for you. He said, and if you'll come to the phone right now and make your donation, you know, to help us fulfill this vision. He said, I've got a word for you. And he said, that you need to give right now because there's a portal. He said, uh, that's the way he described it. There's a portal in heaven open right now. And if you'll get involved in this, there's a portal of, of open in heaven where this blessing is going to come to you. I thought, a portal? We're seated in the heavens next to the Father with the Lord Jesus, and we're looking for a portal that's going to close in a week? He was basically saying, you got a limited opportunity. You know, this guy's good on TV. you got to give now because this, you know, this offer won't last. And three years later, they're running the same commercial. You can give right now because this offer is not going to last. That's what he was basically saying. This offer is not going to last. Well, what I'm saying is there's nothing about 2015 that wasn't available in, in 2010. But the thing is, God is stirring us up. He wants to do some things. And he wants us to make some changes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. Be willing to change. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.